You're listening to Ghoul's Hollow, Memoirs of a P.I. Listener discretion is advised. for just over a week, trying to settle into small-town living and visiting the locals, minus the visiting. Many of the residents were the same as those that had been there when I was growing up, several of the kids I went to school with having grown up and left only to have children and return with their growing families. I wasn't the only one unable to resist the call of Ghoul's Hollow. It was a nice day, so I decided to go to the store and replenish the mostly empty pantry. I'd been putting it off for days, but at this point, if I didn't go, dinner would be rice and ketchup packets, minus the rice. While driving down Main Street, I saw a few familiar faces. Charles, a guy I'd gone to high school with that was extremely unpleasant back then, was standing outside the coffee shop with who I could only assume was his wife or girlfriend standing beside him. It looked like they'd argued or something as she'd been trying to talk to him, but he kept turning away from her. She wasn't familiar to me, so she must have been one of those unfortunate significant others dragged back to this quirky town when Charles couldn't stay away any longer. I'd seen them around town together a few times, but had been avoiding bumping into them. I wasn't ready to converse with Charles. He still looked unpleasant. Just more weathered. I parked my car, grabbed a grocery cart, and went into the store. My shopping list pulled up on my phone. Turning down the cereal aisle to get golden grams, I ate like a five-year-old with a credit card, I almost ran into a woman standing in front of the adult cereals. Oh, I'm so sorry, I cried, barely stopping the cart from ramming into her hip. The woman shook her head and looked at me. What? Oh, yeah, okay. Clearly I'd disturbed some train of thought she was on. I stared at her face for a few moments my brain taking in the features of it to apply to my memory before it clicked. I knew her. Anna? Anna Stephen? I said the name slowly, unsure if I was remembering correctly. We'd been friends in high school until we were about 15, and then things changed and we drifted apart. Yes, I... Diana? Oh my god, Diana, is that you? You've barely aged. We both laughed. That statement was far from true. I had some white strands in my dark red-brown hair, and the worry lines around my eyes and on my forehead betrayed my age. I was so sorry to hear about your father. I kept meaning to reach out, but life, you know. And so much time passed, I just felt, well, yeah. She shrugged and looked down. Her hair was as blonde as ever, pulled back tightly from her perfectly made-up face. She'd always worn a thick layer of makeup, enough I'm pretty sure you could scrape it off with a putty knife. So I'm not sure if I could say if she aged or not, but... You look great! You haven't aged! I blurted out, trying to change the topic of my long-deceased father. She smiled. Tiredness reflected out from her otherwise mask-like face. We chatted for a bit, talking about our kids, moving, life in general. Before I realized it, 15 minutes had passed. 
Oh crap, I've got to get going. I'm supposed to be meeting with the contractors an hour. I was going to be late. I knew it. She smiled again, pulling out her phone. It was good seeing you. What's your number and we can get together later, sans shopping carts. We exchanged numbers and I quickly got what I needed and rushed out, trying to get home in time to get all the structural information and blueprints for the manor together for the contractors. I wanted them to check out that room off the basement to be sure it was safe to use. I was not successful and had to postpone the meeting. Later that night, I was sorting through shoeboxes, our family's way of keeping important documents, when my phone lit up. I'd received a text message from Anna. You up? I chuckled before responding. Well, I barely sleep, so yes. The next message was somewhat unexpected. Do you believe in demons? Growing up, Anna was never into ghosts, demons, supernatural anything, even growing up in Ghoul's Hollow. Weird. Well, I believe in negative entities. Demons or angels, though, I'm not so sure. What's up? Can you come by tomorrow? I can make lunch. Hmm. I hated cliffhangers, but whatever. I did enjoy a good ghost story. Sure, I can come by around noon. Perfect. See you then. She sent her address and we bid each other good night before I went back to my elaborate filing system. I'd seen spirits and other paranormal entities my whole life. Growing up in Ghoul's Hollow seemed to amplify it, and when I moved away, being a paranormal investigator was the perfect fit. I was generally successful with assisting in the supernatural situations and made a name for myself within the paranormal community. I had friends and acquaintances contact me often to help out with the potential spooks and haunts, so it wasn't new to me, but I was surprised that Anna was even entertaining the idea of a ghost, let alone a demon. The following morning, I woke up and continued sorting papers before I finally headed over to Anna's. Her house was an old Tudor style, a few blocks down from mine. It was one of the original Ghoul's Hollow homes, but it had been moved to its current location when the lake was made. Her family was one of the original Ghoul's Hollow founding families, and she'd inherited the home. It was obvious she'd been attempting a restoration. The front deck was newer, and there was a fresh coat of paint on the railings and siding. I placed my foot on the step towards the front door, and as I stepped forwards, I immediately felt cold. I stepped back, and the temperature went back up. I teetered back and forth for a few moments, warm air on the walkway, cold air on the step. It was undeniable. There was something going on. My bag contained some smudge sticks and cleansing tools, as I never knew what I was going to run into, so I felt somewhat prepared. I pulled my jacket a bit tighter around me and continued up the steps before ringing the bell. The chimes of the doorbell rang through the home, followed by an awkward silence before I heard footsteps running down the stairs. The door was pulled open and a tired-looking Anna stood on the other side. Oh, you're right on time, just like always. Come in, come in. I smiled and stepped forward into the house, still feeling the chill surround me. The entryway was beautiful. A large wooden staircase wrapped around the side with family pictures perfectly mounted along the pinstripe patterned wall. A bench with a shoe shelf lined the hall and a coat rack stood opposite. A huge wooden frame hung above the bench. 
It looked like it could have been a mirror, but there was heavy fabric draped over it. Interesting. A door to the right opened to the powder room, and another huge piece of fabric covered the mirror in there, too. Extremely interesting. Come in, come in. The living room is still just down here. Anna took my jacket and bag and placed them on the bench before leading me through the large double doors into a gorgeous living room with huge vaulted ceilings. This room had beautiful paintings and wall art, along with more family pictures and what looked like another mirror covered in fabric. I followed Anna to the sofa and sat down, accepting the cup of tea she offered from a butler's trolley parked beside her. She sat down on the sofa across from me and sighed. I looked at her and noticed her makeup wasn't perfect. It was a bit off, with mascara smudged under her eyes. Her pale hair was not perfectly pinned, and she looked tired. Not just a little tired, but utterly and completely bagged. I bet you noticed the mirrors, eh? She said to me, a slight smile on her face. She reached over the trolley to get a couple of bowls, ladling noodles in from a larger dish. Well, yeah, it's hard not to. I started before she cut me off. Let me explain. This is going to sound crazy, but I think if anybody will believe me, it's you. She handed me a bowl of cheesy pasta, steam rising and bringing the delicious aroma towards my nostrils. Macaroni and cheese is still your favorite? It's homemade with seven different cheeses. As I said, I ate like a five-year-old with a credit card. Mind you, with seven cheeses, that kid had a gold card. Yes, it is. This, this smells amazing. I took the bowl and brought a forkful to my mouth, waiting for Anna to start her story. Okay, as I said, this is going to sound crazy. I think I'm being haunted by some kind of demon. Do demons haunt? I don't even know what to think anymore. That's fine. How about you start at the beginning and tell me what's going on? I put my bowl down so she had my complete attention. This is how most of my investigations started, with an unbelievable story. A majority of the paranormal events I'd been called to were explained by non-supernatural means, but the stories were always the best part. Well, it all started 16 or 17 years ago. My son Andy started talking about his other mother when he was a toddler. Just random things like, my other mother makes better food, or my other mother doesn't wear her hair like that, and so on. Most of the things I did, I was being compared to this other mother. I ignored it. It was a phase, you know? Like an imaginary friend or something. I nodded and picked up my bowl, gesturing for her to continue as I took another mouthful of pasta. So for a couple years after this other mother business started, I noticed strange things going on. I'd go to brush Andy's hair or get him dressed in the morning and he'd already be clothed, hair done, hairbrush on the counter rather than in the drawer. I asked him why he wore those clothes and he'd say his other mother put them out, his other mother brushed his hair, etc, etc. It made me uncomfortable, but I thought maybe he was just trying to make up some kind of game to entertain himself for me. I asked him where his other mother was once, and he just looked at me like he had no idea what I was talking about. As he got older, he started talking about his other mother less and less, as I had to do less and less for him. Eventually, he just stopped talking about her altogether, and then the memory of the other mother kind of faded until I practically forgot it even happened. 
things were normal for a long time until Andy left for university a few weeks ago. I kept trying to ignore it, but I started feeling like I was being watched. You know when you think somebody is staring at you and you look around, but you're alone? I'd felt this way when Andy was a baby, and I began to feel like this again. First, it was every now and then, and then it became more frequent. Finally, one day when I felt like I was being watched, I turned around and I saw someone. I screamed. They screamed. And then I realized it was a mirror. My own reflection had startled me. I let out a little laugh. (laughs) We've all been there, Anna. It's okay. My reflection startled me countless times. She stared at me, stone-faced. I stopped laughing and awkwardly took another bite of pasta. She continued. No, this was different. I realized all the times I felt like I was being watched over the years was when there was a mirror present. For some odd reason, that realization made me unsettled to my very bones. I went up to the mirror and looked at my reflection. I analyzed my face, my clothes, the surroundings reflected in the mirror. Nothing was off. It was just a mirror. After this, I became obsessed with my reflection. Every time I passed a mirror, I'd have to stop and look at myself and make sure it was me. I don't even know why, but I felt like something or whatever was in the mirror wasn't me and it was something else. I think I may have been checking the mirror a dozen times or more every day at some point, setting up more mirrors in the house so I could keep an eye on my reflection. Okay, but why are the mirrors covered? I genuinely was curious. I'm getting to it, she snapped. Sorry, sorry, I shoveled more pasta into my mouth. So a few nights ago, I decided to have a bath and unwind. I lit some candles and soaked for about an hour before getting out. I didn't turn the lights back on since the candles provided enough light for me to see. I went to the bathroom mirror and wiped away the steam so I could check my eyebrows and pluck away any strays, and that's when I saw it. I... She trailed off. What? You you saw... I I saw me, but it wasn't me. I mean, it it was my reflection, doing things my reflection does, but it was... it was off. The movements mimicked mine, but not exactly. When it happened, I felt my stomach drop. I, I moved my hand back to my face, and so did my reflection, but... it lagged. Every movement I did, my reflection did, but a fraction slower. Like it was copying me, but not reflecting me, you know? I stopped eating and just looked at her. What the hell? It's all I could manage to get out. What she was describing was a literal nightmare. She went on. Exactly what I thought. I turned the lights on and looked again, and my reflection moved normally, moving with me and no lag. I thought it was the heat from the bath going to my head, so I went to lay on my bed. After I cooled down, I went to my vanity mirror, and I had to see if I was crazy. I moved. The reflection moved. I smiled. It smiled with me. I picked up my hairbrush, and so did it. I started to brush my hair, humming to myself as I usually do. It helps me count my brush strokes. It copied me. My reflection brushed its hair, and it was lagging again, its movements happening a fraction of a second after mine. I put the brush down and stared. It put the brush down and stared back with this strange, slight smile on its face. My face. A smile I know I don't have. I stopped humming, but I but I could hear the hum continuing on, more muffled like it was on the other side of a window or like 
like it was coming from the other side of the glass. I looked at myself in the eyes and my reflection smile grew until it had this dark, hateful smile across its face. Across my face. Anna then got up and walked to the door, beckoning for me to follow. She led me upstairs to her bedroom. Her room looked like it came straight out of a magazine. Four-poster bed with matching furniture, matching fancy pillows, no piles of clothes or random socks anywhere. There was a vanity table on the far wall with a mirror, covered with heavy fabric just like the rest. That's the mirror. As soon as I saw my reflection smiling at me, I hit the mirror with my brush and smashed it. She stood to the side and pulled the cover off, revealing a large, hand-carved wooden frame filled with splintered glass. I saw dozens of myself reflected back and I yelped, instinctively trying to get away from the mirror and its reflections of me. They all yelped and jumped back too. Don't worry, I think it's just me it's haunting, Anna whispered, staring sadly at the broken mirror. I ran my hand along the back of the frame, feeling notches and dents like a pattern that was engraved on the back. Careful, there's a loose nail back there that I cut my finger on before. Anna gestured just below where my hand was. I let go of the frame. I found this mirror in the attic just after Andy was born. It was with all the other old furniture that had been replaced years ago. It was just so gorgeous. I wanted it for my vanity and now I can't even stand to look at it. She sighed before putting the covering back on. She led me back to the living room with my mostly eaten bowl of pasta. Her bowl remained untouched on the trolley. We sat back down on the sofas before she continued. So after that, I covered all the mirrors. All of them. I didn't know what else to do. I've been using my phone camera to apply my makeup, check my hair. I'm terrified to look at my reflection. What if it moves again? What if something's there and I'm not actually crazy? Anna started wringing her hands and glancing at the covered mirror on the wall. When I looked closer, I could see she had dark circles forming under her eyes. It wasn't the mascara I'd originally assumed. My smudge stick would be no good here. Whatever was going on was outside of my abilities. Okay. I have a friend that may be able to help clear the home of negative entities. I'll give them a call later. Is there somewhere else you can stay right now? If not, you can come stay with me, but... There are a lot of boxes in the guest bedroom. She sighed. I just... I can stay at my mom's, but I think this thing would follow me there anyway. As far as I can figure, I don't think whatever it is can do anything as long as I'm not looking in a mirror, but... I can go to mom's tomorrow. As soon as she finished her sentence, her phone began to ring. She glanced down and went wide-eyed. Oh no, I... Forgot I have a conference call for work. I have to take this. I'm sorry to cut our visit short. I'll, I'll call you later, okay? She got up and started grabbing my things to help me get to the door. Okay, no worries. If anything comes up, let me know. And if you need to get out of here, just come over. I, I don't care what time. I grabbed my jacket and my phone and keys from Anna and walked out to my car. She waved at me while answering the phone and closed the door. I sat in the driveway for a minute, trying to sort out my thoughts. My eyes slowly rose to my rearview mirror and I stared at my reflection, waiting for it to move. I was covered in goosebumps and felt a knot in my stomach. Anna's story was my worst nightmare.
Ever since I'd seen the movie Mirrors, I always felt reflections were shifty, and I had a deep-rooted fear of looking at my reflection in the eyes in the dark. I absolutely would not do it. I had no idea what this entity was or what to do to help Anna. I started my car and began to drive the short drive home, still glancing at my reflection frequently just in case that mirror bitch moved. She didn't. Later that night, I was sitting out on the porch with a book on my lap, unread. I stared out into the darkness. What the hell was going on at Anna's? A mirror demon? Is that even a thing? Is the mirror and the other mother related? What would I even do if Danielle started talking about a different mother or father for that matter? I was already insecure enough, being compared to another mother on a constant basis. I have no idea how Anna did it for years. Day one, I'd probably be trying to find help. I started dozing off when my phone buzzed. I glanced at the screen and saw Anna had texted me. I was wrong. She was wrong? Wrong about what? Suddenly my phone vibrated. Anna was calling me. I looked at the time. It was past midnight. I quickly hit answer. Anna, are you okay? What, what's happening? The other end of the line was silent for a moment before I heard her whisper, Diana. Oh God, I'm, I'm so scared right now. Anna, why are you whispering? Sh she'll hear me. She'll, she'll oh God. Oh God, I, I went to bed and I was asleep, but I was woken up by somebody sitting down on the, I just, I. What? I knew Anna had been living alone since Andy left. I opened my eyes and, and, and there was somebody sitting on the bed beside me. I looked and, oh God, oh God, I, I, I looked, it was me. But it wasn't me. Oh God. I started to scream, but whatever it was just looked at me and covered my mouth with, with its hand. It was my hand, but it wasn't. It covered my mouth and it leaned towards me. I was staring at my own face, but there was this, this darkness that seemed to cover it. It smiled. It, it smiled at me with my smile. I, I don't understand. I felt its hot breath on my cheek and it started humming the tune I usually sing when I'm scared. I bit its hand so hard I drew blood. I, I could taste it. It was like this metallic ice and it burned my mouth. And I screamed and I spat and I shoved it and I pushed it backwards so I could grab my phone and I ran. I can be there in a minute. Let me get my keys. Where? Another voice quietly echoed over the line. Anna, where are you? The voice sounded like Anna, but flatter. It was eerie and made all the hairs on my arms stand up. I felt nauseated. Diana, I don't know what to... Anna cried into the phone and there was a static click like somebody had connected onto the line. I found you. The line went dead. I fumbled with my shoes and grabbed my car keys. I, I got to the car and I started the engine and drove as fast as I could to Anna's. I pulled up and jumped out, tripping over myself as I raced to the front door. I reached out to ring the bell when the door flew open, Anna standing on the other side. She looked... fine. She looked tired and worried, but nowhere near the terror I'd heard on the phone. Jesus, I was so scared. Are you okay? 
I sputtered, my heart still pounding. Oh yeah, I, I just think I had a nightmare or something. Come in, come in. She stepped to the side to let me in. I took off my shoes and followed her. Tea? She asked and I nodded. We went to the kitchen and I sat at the table while she put the kettle on. The lights were so dim they were almost pointless and everything had a dark, shadowy haze. What the hell is going on, Anna? I asked, unsettled by the phone call. I kept looking around. I knew something was different, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was. I turned my phone video camera on because I wanted to be able to review whatever Anna said later and I hadn't brought my digital recorder with me. I lay my phone face up on the table with the mic facing her. Well, when I woke up, I, I thought somebody was sitting on the bed staring at me. I just, I just think the stress of the whole thing is getting to me, and I, I have sleep paralysis. I've had it before, and I've had it happen while I've had nightmares, so it's, it's hard to tell what's real and what isn't when I'm like that. Anna sighed and grabbed two mugs and a teapot before coming back to the table. I understand. Uh, I have sleep paralysis with hallucinations on a regular basis, I said, taking the mug she handed out to me. I wrapped my fingers around the sides, feeling the warmth and hoping it would help with the chill running down my spine. It didn't. I ran out of my room into the front closet to call you. I'd forgotten my keys upstairs so I couldn't drive off. I was just so scared. While I was talking to you, I was waking up more and more and I realized it was like a dream the whole time. The phone lost signal in the closet and then you showed up here and ugh, I just feel so silly. I. I don't know. She looked down at her tea, her hands also clasping the mug like she was trying to suck the heat out of it with her fingers. I nodded, taking a sip. Sure, but I could have sworn I heard another voice on the phone. I started and Anna stared at me for a moment before she suddenly stood up and ran to the other room, coming back holding a toy phone. She pushed a button on the phone and it said, I found you, in a robotic voice. Well, that was horrifying. It was Andy's when he was a kid. It has a motion sensor on it, too, so I, I must have tripped it while I was in the closet. I wasn't convinced, she continued. I don't know. I, I think I'd still like to get the house cleansed, just in case. I don't know what's going on, but I'd rather go ahead and do that and know at least there's no negative energy here. She glanced around nervously. I understand. I'll get the info and text you in the morning. Can we go through the house and just be sure that you're alone here, I asked, standing up. Oh, yes, please. I'm, I'm sure I am, but I'd rather be 100% certain. We went through every room. Every room. There are approximately 900. I opened up all the cupboards and closets and checked under every bed and every desk. We found nothing suspicious, and all the windows and doors were locked. I don't even know what our plan was if we found anything. Two tired and freaked out women armed with mugs of now just warm tea. Are you sure you don't want to come stay with me even just for the night? I asked, still having an uneasy feeling. No, 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 it's okay. I probably won't sleep again tonight and I'll be going to mother's first thing in the morning. Okay, well, if anything else happens, please just come over. I started pulling my shoes on watching her. Thank you, Diana. I will definitely take you up on that if anything else happens. She glanced at the table and grabbed my phone, handing it over. 
Don't forget this or I won't be able to call you to save me. I got back to my car and drove home, still trying to sort through my thoughts and my emotions. Something was weird, but I was still so tired and I couldn't figure it out. As I drove, my brain cleared and I realized what was wrong in the house. The vanity mirror. It was uncovered. My phone buzzed and a text from Anna came through. Sorry again that I panicked too quickly. The cold feeling in my gut returned. When I got home, my phone was still recording. I hit stop and went to review the video. I didn't have sound on, it was mostly just Anna's ceiling and her hand briefly as she picked up the phone to hand it to me. Wait. I went back and watched her hand reach to pick my phone up again. Her palm had a large, freshly cleaned skin tear surrounded by what looked like small, crescent-shaped bruising. Teeth marks. Anna's frantic phone call echoed in my brain. I bit its hand. I leaned against the wall and slid down to the floor, staring at the image of Anna's hand on my screen. Its hand on my screen. I had no idea what I was going to do. Thank you for listening. Our custom theme music was created by Kevin Ross. Our custom photos and the sound editing was done by Michael Pipus. If you'd like to reach me directly, please email me at ghoulshollow at gmail.com or find me on Facebook at Ghoulshollow Podcast.